You're listening to Navid Musa of The Mindset Movement. Hey guys, Navid Musa here. Uh, this is a special episode. Uh, it's episode one, essentially, of the miniseries, one of three. Um, we're going to talk about uh, cryptocurrency, just exactly what it is. It's been around for a while. You've heard of Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, so on and so forth. Um, we're going to talk about that and exactly see how it's changing and disrupting the uh, financial and banking industries. Good day, good people. My name is Navi Musa. I'm your host today and always for the Mindset Movement the podcast. Uh, listen, the, the reason why we do these podcasts here is if you just want to be a better person than you were yesterday, not necessarily from a morality standpoint, but even just from a uh, educational standpoint. So we do our best here at the podcast to um, bring you guys just that value with either through my life experiences or through having guests on like we do today. Um, first time listeners, we appreciate you giving us an opportunity to uh, learn your loyalty. And uh, we understand there's a lot of information out there, but you're choosing to stop here. So we appreciate that. Thank you very much. Long time listeners, thank you very much for being loyal to us. Um, look, we know we're not the only podcast in town. There's tons of us out there, but you're still listening and rocking with Navi Musa, the Mindset Movement. So we appreciate that. Each and every week we get into it right away. No fluff, no stuff. So, and this week is no different. I'm super excited. I'm super, super, super excited today. I'm sorry I'm talking so fast. It's because I'm excited. <laughs> so we have a guest on today, um, Mindful, who is just... Uh, a, a great person overall. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it, man. Um, I, I know it's just, we've been trying to make our schedules work, and it now is 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 the time. Uh, and the reason why I'm excited to have Mind Fair is because uh, we're going to talk NFTs. We're going to talk cryptos. We're going to talk this whole Web 3.0, right? And the reason why this is the, it to me personally speaking, it's important to me because. Growing up as a 90s child, when the internet first started in the 80s and stuff like that, I didn't know any better, right? I, mean, I don't have any money. I didn't, it was just like, oh, page, and that was it. As I got older, I still didn't know any better. And I didn't know there was a web 2.0 until I heard there was a web 3.0, right? And so there's so much information. So um, let's dive into it. Mind, can you, if you just could please introduce yourself um, and we'll, we'll kind of go from that. Yeah, sure. So first and foremost, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a while as well. And so in the so-called metaverse, I, I go by mindful. Uh, the majority of the time, my profile picture is a crypto punk. That's a punk 607. Um, and I started in this space. Uh, I mean, I, I was trading somewhat in you know stocks and I didn't get too complex with it. Um, just, you know, swing trade, you know, occasional day trade. And um, I found, uh, I, I ran into crypto. I, I, I'm not too sure how, it was just about a year ago. And um, I, I, uh, I actually started with IOTA because I study, I was in college and I studied IOT, Internet of Things. And IOTA is a protocol um, that kind of leverages that technology. So that, that's where I got started with crypto. So IOTA um, is, I, uh, sorry, I-O-T-A? Yeah, Internet okay. of Things. Um, I forgot what the A, I forgot what the A stands for. <laughs> but Y'all can Google that. Google the A yeah. by OTA. So. Yeah, it's a good stuff. Um, and then from there, I learned about Ethereum, Bitcoin, 
Um, so I started to, you know, buy and sell some coins here and there, not making any major money or anything, just kind of learning the protocols, learning what this crypto stuff is, just getting my feet wet. And, um, and then I discovered NFTs and I was dabbling in Ethereum and I learned about these NFTs. Um, actually how I learned about NFT was Gary Vaynerchuk. Shout out to Gary, one of the best dudes out in, in, in this web 3.0 space. Um, and yeah, he was posting my NFTs every day, all day. And I'm like, you know, what are these NFT things? So, so, uh, I, uh, I, I do some YouTube searches and, um, you know, days later, I'm, I went down all these rabbit holes and, and then here I am every, every day since then I put in so much time and, and effort into just learning, you know, this, this, this web three space. All right. So there's a lot of information you gave in that. So let's break it out. So the audience I have is, is vast, right? We have people who are newbies, people who are uh, middle and those who are, are advanced, right? So let's talk to everybody. Let's talk to the newbies basically first, because I want to get people engaged. I want to get people interest, interested in this. And guys, you need to understand the reason why I'm so excited. The reason why I have mind there and the reason why um, I think this is important is that this is a change, a shift of wealth that can take place uh, in, in a time that we only saw back in, like, if you were alive in 1920s, like this shift of wealth that could happen is is very, is at your fingertips. And so mindful. So you talked about crypto and NFTs and, and IOTAs and stuff. So let's kind of go back. Let's start where, let's go back where it all started off, right? Years ago with just crypto, cryptocurrency. Obviously everybody knows Bitcoin. You dropped the name of Ethereum and there's other ones out there. There's there's Polkadot, there's Sandlot, there's Soldana or Cortana. There's, there's just so many different ones out there. As a, From a, a 40,000 foot view of crypto, uh, I think everyone, if you ask, so what's crypto? Well, it's decentralized currency. Okay. What does that exactly mean? What does decentralized currency actually mean? Because everybody knows and understands the dollar, right? I know I get a dollar out. I go to the ATM, I get a $20 bill out. That 20 bucks is worth 20 bucks. But what people don't realize is that $20 is worth $20 because the, the government says it was $20 mm -hmm. with, with cryptocurrency, a Bitcoin is worth, you know, in today's market is $47,000. What makes one Bitcoin worth $47,000? Well, with, uh, with, with Bitcoin, there's a certain amount of Bitcoins. They only can ever be um, a certain amount. And don't quote me out of it. I think it's 17 million Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, now, obviously, that price is going to fluctuate as people buy and sell. Um, but that's that's I mean that's the major difference with your fiat money, your government money is is you know the government can print you know millions or billions or trillions of dollars, um, and you can't just print more Bitcoin. You can't just make more uh, Bitcoin. So it's a finite. Um, asset if you may so i would say that's that's definitely the biggest uh difference between these two uh currencies um yeah so at, at its essence it's essentially supply and demand right if you look at it anyone can when the demand is there for something the supply is not there the demand is going to go high so the price is going to go up but when you have the ability, like you said, you have the ability to print a dollar. We're not you and I, but the government can print a dollar, you know, 1.2 to this spending bill and this spending bill, trillion dollars, all this stuff, there's printing out money. And depending how you look at it, 
you're like, oh, great. We have more money coming. Okay, you're just devaluing the dollar because you're printing up so much more money. Well, with cryptocurrencies, like you said, there's so much dollar, so many coins in circulation. And that's it. Once it's done, it's done. And then if you want to buy more or sell more, you have to access people who have it and stuff like that. And that's all. So I think people need to understand that it's almost like if you're comp- if you're trying to do an apples to apples, like cryptocurrency to uh, to fiat currency, you know, the US dollar stuff, it's like traveling. Right. So, so those who are listening, if you would take the dollar and go to overseas, go to Europe or something like that, they would convert that dollar to their money. So it's worth, let's just say, dollar to the pound. Right. So one dollar is equivalent to like two pounds, for example. And I'm just making that number up. I don't know what the conversion rate is. Right. So when you go from here, you go to London, they'll convert your money and they'll convert it over into their money and I can go spend it. But when you have cryptocurrency, there's no conversion. It just, it, it, it is how it is that, that it's universal. There's no loss of anything. And so when, they, when people, you hear the term decentralized, uh, decentralized currency, it's that the, the, the control is now back into the, and I don't want to say, I'm going to use control in air quotes. Um, the control is kind of back with the people because that demand is whatever we deem it to be. And that's with anything, Ethereum or any of the other coins, which Ethereum seems to be gaining uh, the most popularity because it's a lot less cheaper. Than, than Bitcoin is, and it seems to be a lot more versatile as too, but... Um, well, not necessarily. Well, the, uh, okay. With, with Ethereum, there there are, uh, you know, obviously uh, gas fees, their transaction fees, and that's actually probably the biggest barrier to entry um, is is every transaction. You have to pay this gas fee to the network. Right? So what it is that? Explain, explain gas fees. <laughs> so a gas fee is... Uh, so it takes power to um, to power this network, this Ethereum network. It takes you know nodes and nodes all around you know the world that people set up to support the network. You know it's these servers that crunch these mathematical equations to basically verify each transaction that's happening. Um, it's it's why this this network is so secure because it, it's it, this is what makes it decentralized. It's that. It's not like Facebook where they have all the servers themselves. They have all the information. They have they have it all locked up and they do what they want with it. No, this Ethereum network is supported by nodes uh, worldwide, whether whether you have one or a few yourself in this part of the country or that part of the country. Um, so that's that's where the term decentralization comes in. And uh, you have to pay a light bill for for powering for for running these miners and and this machinery. So um it's it's just simply paying uh, a fee that goes back to the people supporting the network. Um, that's your gas fee, and right now, you know, gas fees can average from anywhere from thirty dollars to one hundred and fifty dollars to maybe that, even more. Now, is that per transaction or? So that's is- per transaction. If I if I send you something, mm-hmm. um, it'll be a little cheaper. But let's say I'm, um, you know buying an nft or selling an nft or, or yeah buying an nft let's just say um i'm gonna have to pay a gas fee so that's so, something like I, so if, if you're buying an nft and it's one ethereum okay and one ethereum let's just say for i don't know what it's made like five six grand let's say it's five thousand dollars for argument's sake uh um, sure so if it's one ethereum is equal five thousand us dollars um it could potentially buy it and you're buying the nft off of me 
I really won't be getting that five thousand dollars or that one Ethereum. I'll be getting like 0.98 Ethereum because no, you'll you'll be getting the price that you posted your NFT for sale. Okay. That that yeah, that that exchange of value happens directly, you know, from uh from my wallet to yours, and your okay. token comes to my wallet. But I'm paying the network to pro to to basically process this transaction, if you will. Okay. All right. No, that that helps. Like I said, there's. There's so much information. So that's why, you know, you talk it because it's your language where I'm like, wait a minute, nodes, protocols, NFTs, let's slow down for a second. <laughs> so, um, for sure. All right. So you mentioned earlier on, you said about there's protocols out there. Can you break down what the word, how, what a protocol does exactly mean in this situation or in this space, I should say? Um, when, when I guess I would just say a frame, uh, a protocol is, is kind of like a framework or, um, it's like a technical term for just calling one of these projects like Ethereum. You know, it's a it's a protocol. You have you have um, DeFi. Um, you have DeFi protocols. You know, um, like Ohm and like you know all these decentralized finance. Um, I don't mean to throw out these big words. I'm like trying to simplify it, and I'm throwing more big words in the mix. <laughs> no, but, uh, you're, but but and I'm glad you're doing it because that's what happens, right? Is, is that you try to explain something, but when you explain it, it's like, we well, now do you use the definition for the definition. And so um, when I talk to your body, you, you do a great job of it. So, you know, just keep, keep doing what you're doing, man. Yeah, cool. So, but yeah, I mean, that's about it as far as the, uh, the protocols uh, is concerned. I don't want to get too technical yet. Um, yeah. No, that's fine. So basically protocols are the framework of whatever it is, whatever currency or whatever crypto that you're you're exchanging back and forth. Um, so we have that down, we have gas fees down. So gas fees is basically a processing fee. Is that a good way to kind of oversimplify it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then the processing fee is paid for by the person who is buying the asset, wherever that may be. It's not something right. that's taken from the person who's selling it from the person who's buying it as a paid on top. Correct. All right, cool. Um, you had mentioned, uh, you said a wallet. Now, I know you don't mean the physical, actual, you know, good old-fashioned wallet. You're talking about a, uh, is it a, is a DeFi wallet is a proper term or a crypto wallet? What? How, we, how would you explain a wallet? Um, you could say uh, a digital wallet to keep it very simple. Um, I mean, your most common wallet right now is, is MetaMask. You know, it's, um, you can actually open a MetaMask wallet uh, in a couple of buttons. The click of a couple of buttons doesn't ask you for any personal information. So um, it's an interesting, an interesting thing, you know, how you can actually have a wallet with, with money, with, with the currencies, and... Um, and it not be, you know, attached to any personal data. Now, how do you get funds into this wallet? You have to go through one of these exchanges like Coinbase or Kraken. Okay. Um, and when you go through these exchanges and you, you make your profile, kind of like you make a profile on Robinhood or any of these trading apps, um, exchange is where you exchange your fiat money, right? Whether you deposit it from your bank into the exchange and then you exchange it into Ethereum. Okay. Now, these exchanges, they make you go through something called KYC, know your customer. And 
that's where they say, okay, this is your name, your age, your address, and they go through this, this extensive um, verification process. Um, probably so that, you know, there's some liability, there's accountability. But from there, you can send your, your um, crypto to your, your MetaMask, a decentralized, anonymous, or whatever the case may be, to that wallet from your exchange. All right, so basically, so Coinbase is one of the popular ones out there, like you said, as far as a exchange goes, and then MetaMask is, and I, I set up MetaMask just yesterday. I had a, a different one, so I went, and you're right, it's it was scary fast how it was done. And I was like, wait, that's it? It's done, it's open, it's very painless. Um, I think that I, I think a lot of us get scared because number one, it's unknown, and number two, it, it's just there. It, because it's that's actually the, the number one reason we're scared because it's unknown of the process, and um, if you unknow if you don't know something, you're scared for it right off the back by by default, right? We don't like change. None, none of us do until you actually experience the change and you realize it's actually not that bad. And yeah. I think and a quick yeah, uh, don't mean to cut you off. A quick um reminder since we bring up wallet uh, one of the most important things in this space is safety so just because we touched on wallet i have to say when you create your wallet you store your seed phrase 12 or 24 word basically your password that you want to keep as safe as you possibly can you don't ever want to share with anybody you don't ever want to tell anybody and definitely don't put it store it digitally don't take a screenshot of it um, don't put it in your notes. Don't send it. Don't take a picture. Um, keep it physical. And again, don't ever share it with anyone. That's good. So, so that's, yes. No, thank we you. We have so to get that out of the way. What he's talking about is so when you guys set up these wallets, right? Um, it, 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 yeah, there's like a, usually what I've seen is a 12 word phrase. I've seen both 12 and 24. So, and it could be words like, and I'm making this up cat, dog, apple, goldfish, software protein chocolate you know just hold yeah, it these sounds words, like you know? mine that sounds like my secret <laughs> there you go and so they put these words up to you and then it'll tell you it says make sure you write this down or or print or whatever make sure you store this somewhere um that you have it and then it goes are you do you have it and you go next and then it goes okay let's see if you have it and then they test you to make yep. sure you did it so they and it's weird because a lot of this stuff is we're so used to Oh, put your four-digit pin in, put your six-word password in, right? And now it's, you know, all these characters, exclamation marks. Now that we went from a 12-character 12, 12 password to a 12-word phrase password. Again, understand these, and, and they, they make them up. You can't say, I want to choose these words. No, they will choose the words, and they choose the order that the words go in on top of that. It's not just, oh, you just put it wherever. It has to go in a particular order. And like Alex said, you have to print it out. It has to be in a physical spot. Um, I print everything out. And because I have so many different ones, I write on there what it's for. And I have, you know, a spot at a particular place that I keep everything in. And that's where it is. Because if you did it, if you do it digitally, if you take a screenshot or, you know, the first mistake I did was I took a screenshot in my photos and I, and I put it in my liked photos, right? So I wouldn't forget it. And then I heard what, what you had said. I'm like, oh, take it out. <laughs> so... But because yes. we're, so, we're so used to being, hey, don't write your passwords down. Like if you have a regular W2 job, don't write your passwords down. Don't make it easy accessible. Don't print it out. You know, they were told that all the time. 
And so now that you're, this is opposite. This is physically print this thing out, put it somewhere so it cannot be accessed online. Um, so take a step back uh, to those who are listening. Back in the day, remember, you saw cash checks and then you would get cash. And then that went from you cashing a check, getting cash at the bank teller, putting that money into your wallet. Then we went from no longer getting a check for to direct deposit, where the money was going directly deposit into your bank account, right? So you really never saw the cash until you went to an ATM or to a teller and pulled it out. Then we evolved from getting a direct deposit to just buying something online with a debit card. We never really saw the cash, right? But we always had a wallet. Now we've gone past the wallet. We've gone from currency we've never seen into our bank to now into a wallet. We've never physically touched. It's no longer tangible assets. These are no longer tangible assets. We've gone to the digital world, right? Of, of now everything, currency. Now, the reason why I bring that up is metaverse and NFTs. So, um, so before I move on from the crypto space of cryptocurrency, because like I said, guys, I want to make like a mini series. So the first thing I want to do is talk about the cryptocurrency, which I think we covered. If I missed anything um, before we go on to NFTs and wallets and stuff like that, is there anything you think people should know before we move on? Yeah, um, I, I should have mentioned this earlier, but um, the, the fundamental idea of um, you know, blockchain technology, which is what all this crypto is, it's all just um, what boils down to be blockchain technology, which is this new technology. And it's very simple. It's, it's just a ledger. Everything works off a ledger. And the ledger is, is um, uh, just documented transactions. That, that's all this ledger is. So that's, that's the catch with this technology is that everything is documented on a ledger that cannot be changed once documented. You can't go back and change this, this information, right? Um, you know, unlike, unlike in web two, like where, you know, Facebook can go and they can, you know, remove this and like, it's never happened. No, you can't do that on the blockchain because it's supported by a bunch of different nodes, like we said earlier, it's decentralized. So, so transaction takes place. I transfer you X amount of, you know, I transfer you two Bitcoin, 2.5 Bitcoin, whatever the number is, it comes to you. That right. transaction from me to you from wallet to wallet goes over this blockchain technology. This blockchain, this blockchain technology is what secures it and makes sure that it's a legitimate transaction that I indeed did authorize it and that I indeed did select the proper wallet and that it, it indeed is going to the proper wallet as well, your wallet. Yeah. Um, and when you're saying you can't change it, you're saying that I, after this is done, there's no way for me to go back and say, oh, no, I, never, I didn't mean to send you that. Not it, at it all. Was, Once okay. it leaves your wallet, it is out there. Can someone so, accidentally, legit accidentally send something? Or it does it take a lot of, there's like a lot of, Checks and balances I mean, that take place before you send it out. No, it's it's you paste your address into this into this field, and it's gonna go to wherever that address is, whoever owns that wallet address. And the address so, is that big, long, like 
64 character whatever yes until you get something called like a um an ens name where where it's kind of like a domain name a a domain name yeah we'll talk about Um, that later on yeah i don't give it okay so no but so so that's simply it you know the it's 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 all blockchain technology i like to call it ledger technology it's ledger technology no but that's good i'm glad you put i would never thought of it that way the ledger is the best way to put it because Again, for those who are scared for this or don't understand it and want to, I think it's the best way to explain is here's how we currently write. You, you have a bookkeeper, you have an accountant, everything exactly. is done, right? So if you, if, if I'm buying, if you're a real estate, I'm a real estate too. So if I'm buying a property off, if I'm wiring money to a title company, there's proof of that. There's a ledger that gets created for that. We have a HUD exactly. or an Alta. That's the ledger for that. Currently, everything is ledgered anyways. We just are taking it from a paper ledger, a book we can actually open and look at, QuickBooks and whatnot, to this blockchain ledger, which is a little more uh, concrete, a little more secure, or a lot more secure, I should say. Um, right. Now, having said that, it, does that mean the chance of fraudulent activities is not necessarily omitted, but minimized, you think, in your opinion? Um. Not necessarily. Um, I think there's scams everywhere. I I think, um, yeah, I think, no, I don't, I don't think that really changes at least in this space. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just thought, when you hear secure or stuff like that, like, oh yeah, if it's secure, then it should be less fraud or or less, less scams. But where there's a will, there's a way, right? (laughs) Exactly. Especially in the computer world, you know, these hackers will hack anything nowadays. Yeah. So that's, I mean, there's a inherent. try to. I would try to, yeah, exactly. Hey guys, Naim Musa here from Naim Musa, the Mindset Moon, the podcast. Stay tuned for part two, where we discuss NFTs and Web 3.0. Join us on the next Naim Musa, the Mindset Moon, the podcast.